Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations, one and all. How you doing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stewart. Real Talk Night. In the background, the sound of Terry Lyons. A track called Can't Take My Joy. Because I'm still winning, still smiling, and counting my blessings. What are you doing? I want to say big ups to everyone locked in right now. Those on TuneIn Radio on the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Big ups to those locked in on NIE Radio up there in New Jersey. The motivator, big up your status. Those locked in on the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com. Mr. Lindsay, how are you doing? I want to say big ups to those who are locked in on PEMGTV.com Those on Zeno Radio Those on CR7 Cloud Radio 7 Much love to you Big ups to those on Facebook Live don't get too comfortable. Remember, it's only a segment broadcast, okay? Use the link that has been in the comment section. Come on over to kevinstew.com. And uh, on that note, I want to say big ups to those who are locked in right here at the home of the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew on kevinstew.com. Much love to you. So glad to have each and every one of you. I couldn't do it without you, and believe me, you have my word. I wouldn't even try. I want to say thank you to my segment sponsor, Pulse E Media Group. When being in a moment is priceless, give them a call. They can take care of your videos, your photos, your streaming, your advertising, and so much more. They they can do everything you see here on KevinStew.com and more. So they can host your website. They can provide you with streaming services on your website, just like they are doing for me right here on KevinStew.com. You have a church service, a wedding, a funeral, a party, a seminar, you name it. They can provide you with streaming on a secure platform where you can run your own ads and everything. Really cool. Get them a call, 754-999-1140. That's 754-999-1140. Tell them DJ Kevin Stew sent you. You can also check them out at PulseEMG.com. Thank you, Paul C. Media. Thank you, Terry Lyons. A track called Can't Take My Joy. But you know, you kind of have to wonder how some people view their joy and whether or not someone can take it. Because we see some people going through some things, well, 
let me not say we see them going through some things. We see the result of some people going through some things. And it, it, it's kind of scary. Because, okay, take for example, this guy up in, in, in Maryland this past weekend. So he's been going through it with the mother of his daughters, his ex-wife. Um, four-year-long custody battle. And she's accused him of, of so many things. And she has, she got a, a court, a judge, to award her a $5,000 payment for some documentation that she had to hire uh, an attorney to get from him. In addition to that, his so they split and he got a girlfriend the girlfriend got pregnant they got into an argument and the girlfriend said to him you know basically she's going to prevent him from seeing his kids because they got into an argument so homeboy snaps he loses it he goes on facebook live and says, you know, Facebook, I never thought I'd be doing this. Uh, and he basically tells that he just killed his girlfriend. And his ex-wife was going to be next. And he says, you know, I, I can't go to prison. Because after I do her, I'm going to do myself. So he has this all planned out. And he's telling this on Facebook Live. Then, as he's talking, his ex-wife is coming out of her place. And he goes, oh, there's my ex-wife now. Heads toward her. You can see her going back inside. He goes in. He opens the door. He goes in. And just before the video cuts off, he says, today is the day. Now, I watched that video and I thought, this can't be for real. Then I did the search and I found the articles. And I met up with a friend of mine. We we're going to do something. And the very first thing, as I was reading the article, he came to pick me up. And the very first thing is, yo, you heard about that guy. And as soon as he said it, I turned my phone and showed him the article I was reading. Now, the article gives a little bit more information. It is in the article that it talks about how long he's been going through the custody battle. Um, the, the, the numerous assault. Um, well not charges, the The ex-wife had gone to the police and given several statements, had asked for protection, says that she doesn't trust him, he has access to weapons, he has a drinking problem and a drug problem, and she is in fear for her life. So this led me to ask a few questions. One, 
what did the police do to follow up on those accusations? What did they do to follow up to try to keep this woman safe? Did they do anything at all? So that is that is some uh, that's that's one question that the family um, of the ex-wife has to ask. You know what what if she came in so many times and made reports? You know what have you done? And if the argument is, well, until he does something, there is no proof that he's going to do something then there has to be another way. You know what I mean? And then, here it is. Now you have three people dead. Now, it was in the news article, as I was reading it, that I saw where his two little girls, four-year-old and five-year-old, they were in the car after he had killed the ex-girlfriend, killed the girlfriend, They were in the car as he went in to kill his ex-wife and himself. And it was a neighbor that found the girls in the car crying. And the rest led up to the discovery. Tragic. But you can't help but ask the question, what caused all this what happened that led up to this point why would someone want to commit suicide why would someone want to take someone else's life and more often than not i don't think we really look at at those questions you know, people hear of, <clears throat> excuse me, murder-suicide, and they immediately go to, boy, you know, someone was depressed. Or some type of mental illness is at play here. But is it just now that this is at play? Is it something that has been going on for a while? Is it something that, because of stress, someone just snaps? Why do people do these things? Why do they commit suicide? Why do they commit murder? And so, we're going to look at some information to try to address those questions. Starting off with the suicide part. And according to Very Well Mind, they say it is difficult to imagine what led a friend, family member, or celebrity to commit suicide. There may have been no clear warning signs, and you may wonder what clues you might have missed. Hindsight, 2020, all the time. Often, many factors combine to lead a person to, take, to the decision to take their own life. First up being mental illness. And most people make the decision to attempt suicide shortly before doing so impulsively rather than planning it out extensively. 
while there are many factors that can influence a person's decision to commit suicide, the most common one is severe depression. Depression can make people feel great emotional pain and loss of hope, making them unable to see another way to relieve the pain other than ending their own life. And that's that's sad, isn't it? But it's a reality. Now, according to the Amer- American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, depression is present, present in about half of all suicides. So then, what contributes to the other half? Other mental illnesses that can increase the risk of suicide include bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, BPD, eating disorders, schizophrenia. So, Basically, the people in the know are saying, you know, it's, it's all, it all boils down to some t- type of mental illness. Now, a person who has had a traumatic experience, including childhood sexual abuse, rape, uh, physical abuse, or war trauma, is at a greater risk for suicide even many years after the trauma. So, I guess if if you don't get something like that taken care of, if you don't address it, then it just builds and builds and boils and boils and leads you down this path to self-destruction. Hey, Dora, I am well, thank you. How, how, How are things down there in Brazil? Much love to the Radio Crystal Gospel family. Much love. In a survey of nearly 6,000 U.S. adults, nearly 22% of people who have been raped had attempted suicide at some point, while 23% who experienced physical assault tried to take their own life at some point. 22%, 23%. Hmm. Almost one in four. Hmm. Being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, or multiple incidents of trauma, raises the risk even further. And this is particularly because depression, it's, it's partly because depression um, is, is, is common after trauma. And among these, with PTSD causing feelings of helplessness and hopelessness, that can lead to suicide. Alright, let's talk about PTSD for a moment. In this case, it is being associated with trauma. Think about this for a moment. Every year in South Florida, where I live, Every year in the tropics, where I'm from, we have the hurricane season. And ever since I was a child, there has been this fear of hurricanes because of the damage and destruction that it can cause. I lived through Hurricane Gilbert. I heard as 
my 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 roof the living the live the roof of over my living room at my house that I lived in at the time I heard as it it, it ripped off sheets of zinc by sheet of zinc and um I watched as my coconut tree in my backyard swayed from side to side tipping perilously closer and closer to the ground until it just fell over and fell across my neighbor's fence that became a new walkway between our two yards <laughs> um, for quite a while but it was mostly used by us boys the neighbors I, I watched as my breadfruit tree took an interesting kind of topple over I watched as debris flew outside. So I lived through the destruction of Hurricane Gilbert in 1988. And I've lived through a couple of others, but I guess none stands out quite like Hurricane Gilbert. And so I had experience of that hurricane in Jamaica, I've had the experience of a hurricane here in South Florida. Um, every year, when there is an alarm raised in South Florida about a hurricane coming, there's this mad rush for gas, mad rush for um, bread and, and certain supplies from the stores. And people go off in a frenzy. Isn't that akin to post-traumatic stress disorder? Because you mention hurricane and it triggers people. They start to act a certain way. They get angry because now they're in these long lines trying to get things that they so need and trying to desperately get home to their families, to the safety of their, wherever it is that they call safe. Wouldn't that lead someone, or couldn't that lead someone down that path of post-traumatic stress disorder suicide? Since it plays a role. And, and I'd, I'd love for my psychiatrists and psychologists to, to give me some feedback where that is concerned. That feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that is caused because of the trauma that was experienced so it's not just rape it's not just assault you have other types of trauma and 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 i guess it's because of of that whole blame i could have done better i could have done something else really self-blame so in my opinion, now it comes back to self. I always talk about it coming back to self. Here we go again. Things not getting addressed. People not being given the tools to talk about things. Given the platform, the, the safe space where they can freely speak and express themselves and get that thing out. And it just festers and festers and festers. People in relationships. We don't navigate relationships really well to begin with. 
So can you imagine navigating out of that relationship? No, here it is. You've had bad experience after bad experience after bad experience. And now it happened again. So now you sit down and you look back at all of them and you're not, you, you, you're not thinking, let me look forward. Let me look to something else. Let me look to the hope because after each of those failed relationships, there had to come another one for it to fail. So the chances are there will come another one and it will be great for whatever period of time that it is, it is there. And maybe it is just supposed to be great for that period of time. We don't know how long it is, whether it will be a long time or a short time. We don't know. This whole happily, happily ever after thing, this is just in... It happens for some, yes. But it's not all happily. And when it doesn't happen for the remainder of your life, your life goes on. So here it is. Here's a man that did not get the tools. He doesn't have the tools to deal with what he's going through. And I can tell you this. When it comes to a man and his children, and I guess I can take it from a man's perspective, but a parent and their children, if another parent, if the other parent tries to deny a parent, the, the, the access to their children because of something that happened between them, the parents. Nothing threatening to the child. But that parent decides, okay, I am going to get back at him. I'm going to get back at her using the children. You are a cause of this depression. You're a cause of this post-traumatic stress disorder. Because that's a traumatic event. You think parental alienation is not traumatic? You go through it. See what happens. So here it is. Now this man has, is, is going through it. And clearly there are some people that know about it because he mentioned some of them knowing what he has been going through. And it happens over and over and over again until he snaps and everybody goes down because the girlfriend that he got into the argument with that is threatening to do the same thing that his ex-wife is doing to him currently just added to that same trauma that he has not recovered from, that he has not been dealing well with, that he has not been given the tools to address it. And he takes her out. And he mentions in his video that this is where it started. And now he goes to what he considers the root of the problem. And he takes her out. But because of the nature of our society, he knows that it won't end well, end well for him. So he takes himself out. And you have one traumatic event after another, causing another. So, what now happens to the children? And when we look at, 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 at 
some of the things that happen when it comes to people committing suicide, the ones that are left behind, they can be affected in some serious ways. Again, things we don't really think about, we don't really address it. And if you've ever tried to commit suicide, it, it sounds weird that I'm addressing people who tried to commit suicide and still are here, right? But many have tried and failed and ended up living long, fulfilling lives because now it has given them a, a new lease on life. They'll start to see things differently because they failed. And I, I guess this is one of those times where failing is a good thing. I don't know who else would look at it that way. But there are people that exist, that are living today, that if you ever get a chance to have that deep sit-down conversation with them, that no-holds-barred, no-judgment-cast conversation, then you will learn some stories. You'll learn some things. All because they were not given the tools to deal with what they were going through. They could not find a way out. And things happened after thing, after thing, after thing. And because of how they perceived life to be, the only way out was to end it. Reasons why people commit suicide? No hope. No help. No one. How do you feel? What do you think would be the reason for some? Then you have substance abuse. You have loss of or, or fear of loss. And we're going to look at those when we come back from the break. But, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of have to recognize that there are these many contributing factors it's not because somebody lost their mind that they would go and kill someone and kill themselves or just kill themselves. There are other things at play. And we're going to look at some of those other things. Facebook Live, this is where we're going to part company. Use the link. Come on over to kevinstew.com. Let's talk. And and you can call me too. And, and, and we can have dialogue over the phone, 773-789-STU, 773-789-7839, call, text, WhatsApp, Telegram, 773-789-7839. I'd love to hear from you. I'd like to get your views on some of these issues as it relates to suicide and, and murder. You know, I, I, everybody has an opinion, and sometimes we need to air these opinions to see where we can go to make changes and Change starts by making a change in your immediate circle. And as that change grows, because you're reaching out further and further and further, you have now effected a change in a greater community. And remember, your community is not just the development that you live in. You people listening in New Jersey to me, you are a part of my community. So... Let's talk. Let's have a community sit down. 
it continues right after we come back from the break, right here on Real Talk, on the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. KevinStew.com and affiliates. We'll be right back. Pulse Media Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30-second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulse Media Group. Imagine having our own Caribbean center. Imagine a museum highlighting our history and the contributions of Caribbean people to the world. Imagine being able to visit and learn about the islands we call home in a place where our kids can see and feel their cultural heritage. You can make this vision come to life. Help us create this first-of-its-kind space that all Caribbean people can be proud of. Your contribution to Island Space Caribbean Museum will help this dream come true. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe. Visit islandspacefl.org slash GoFundMe and donate today. Reggae Global Entertainment presents the brand new self-titled album from Yishka with nine great songs. Oh, baby, let me love you. Be grateful for life. Be grateful for life. Shake you down. What else can I do? Babe, come over. My, my, my. It's our time. For your love. I'm falling. Yishka, nine great songs, available on all streaming platforms. Available now. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics... I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trash. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. 
And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. In English, and in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today. The only thing I didn't learn today. The only thing I didn't learn is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen says, "Go ye therefore and teach all nations." With this in mind, and encouragement received during a South Florida media conference, the Church Links was birthed. The Church Links is an interdenominational worship service portal for churches, providing the tools to spread the word through technology in a cost-effective way. The Church Links www.dahchurchlinx.com Your links to worship and praise. Hey, I'm representing for DJ Kevin's Jew working on the night shift the night shift radio show won't go changing like the weather Just to please the devil never Will DJ Kevin's true sell his soul? That's a word and honor It's Christine to represent him Word and honor Celestia DJ Kevin's true No will, no way I didn't want to interrupt the message in that music at all. Well, welcome you back to the broadcast, Real Talk, right here on the night of the DJ Kevin Stew. Before I get back into anything, I do want to mention coming up this Saturday, December 18, Rhythms of the Heart, the Christmas edition. It happens at Valencia's in Margate. 5801 Margate Boulevard here in Margate, Florida. So all the South Floridians and those coming to South Florida, you don't want to miss Rhythms of the Heart. Doors open at 8 p.m. Eastern. Live music starts promptly at 9. You don't want to miss this one. It's closing out the year, closing out uh, Rhythms of the Heart for 2021. It happens every third Saturday. And it has been awesome since it started. When did it start? Back in September. Such a beautiful event. I also want to thank Althea and her healing heavenly hands for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. Althea is a licensed massage therapist that operates out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you bringing her table, her oils and over 20 years massage therapy experience. 
she she is also a certified personal trainer, so she can put your muscles in pain and soothe them all at the same time. She's amazing. I, I don't think she really does it at the same time, but you know what I mean. Give her a call, 954-655-9000. That's 954-655-9000. Or email her at thealeta at att.net. That's T-H-E-A-L-A-T-E-R at att.net. Yeah. Thank you, Althea, for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. I truly appreciate love it. The wheels to the road. Life come with a couple bruises, couple blows, but I'll never be defeated. No. You gotta be firm because when there is no will, there is no way. The song says, where there is no will, there is no way. So you gotta be firm. You gotta hold tight. You gotta hold strong. Thank you, Denver Dona. So, things that contribute to someone feeling suicidal drugs and alcohol can play a part in that influence making the individual more impulsive and likely to act upon their urges than they would if they were sober substance and alcohol use can contribute to other reasons people commit suicide such as the loss of jobs and relationships the rates of substance use and alcohol use disorder are also higher among people with depression and other psychological disorders. Put these together and the risks increase. A person may decide to take their own life when facing a loss or the fear of a loss. And these situations can include academic failure being arrested or imprisoned, bullying, shaming, humiliation, and, and these include cyberbullying too, uh, financial problems, end, or, end of or, uh, a close friendship or relationship, a romantic relationship, job loss, loss of friends or family acceptance due to revealing your sexual orientation, loss of so social status. All these things contribute to someone wanting to take their own life. Hopelessness, either in the short term uh, or as a longer lasting trait, has been found in many studies to contribute to the decision to commit suicide. The person may be facing a social or physical challenge and may see no, no way the situation can improve. How often have we heard of those situations? The story that I've been talking about, that, that I built this whole broadcast around with this gentleman out of, of, of Maryland that committed a double murder and a suicide, leaving his two young daughters behind. This is that story of hopelessness. Now, while it might seem obvious to an outside observer that things will get better, people with depression may not be able to see this due to the, the pessimism and the despair that goes along with depression. When people feel they've lost all hope and don't feel able to change that, 
it can overshadow all of the good things in their life, making suicide seem like a viable option. How sad. Call me. Let's talk. 773-789-789-7839. Because one of the things that I was always told, even going back as, as, as far as I can, being as young as I can remember, is my mother saying there's always a silver lining on the other side of that dark cloud. And initially, I thought that was just uh, something that people get told to hold them over. That doesn't make sense. It's just foolishness. But here we go again, hindsight. Each and every one of those dark moments that I've had in my life, I have come through them. I have seen that there is something better at the other side. It's just the journey to the other side can be a bit challenging. And each time there's a new challenge, we're taken back to that point in time when we are saying there is no hope. Not remembering all those other times when we got through it and saw that, yeah, there is some hope on the other side. Ten minutes to the top of the hour. We're going to take another break at the top of the hour. I do want to mention, so you have ten minutes. Those of you who caught last night's broadcast where we look at skincare, um, I had two Mary Kay consultants that were on and one of them offered ten swag bags. I have two still available. Free. All you have to do is text SWAG to the number you see scrolling across the bottom of your screen. 773-789-STEW. SWAG. S-W-A-G. Text SWAG to 773-789-7839. That's all you have to do. And then we'll take it from there. You'll get further instructions. Just text SWAG. You got 10 minutes. At 11 o'clock Eastern. That's it. <laughs> um, the, the free SWAG bag goes away. So, going back to the matter at hand coming back to the topic for tonight why commit suicide or murder um if a person has chronic pain or illness with no hope of a cure or reprieve from suffering suicide may seem like a way to regain dignity a way to get some type of control back over their life Albeit for that short moment, because that's the end of their life at that point. There's nothing left after you commit suicide. In some states, assisted suicide is legal for this very reason. 
And according to a study in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine with the, 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 the following health conditions were associated with a higher risk of suicide. So now you have assisted suicide. This is where uh, a medical professional can assist an individual going through uh, a medical condition. And I'm going to say possibly a terminal medical condition. They get assistance with ending their life so they can end it with dignity. Yeah, I did the air quotes. Here are some of the conditions that are associated with a higher risk of suicide. Asthma, back pain, brain injury, cancer, digest, uh, congestive heart failure, diabetes, epilepsy, HIV, AIDS, heart pressure, heart pressure, um, <laughs> heart disease, high blood pressure, migraines, Parkinson's disease. Chronic pain can also bring on anxiety and depression, which can also increase your risk of suicide. According to research, people with chronic pain are four times more likely to have depression or anxiety than those who are pain-free. Now, we know what being in pain is like. And, and I am going to even take it a step further to say that chronic pain could be not just physical pain, but emotional pain. And so you're experiencing this thing over and over and over again. And you see no end inside. Here it is again. Come, here comes the hopelessness. Only because at some point in time you learned that there's a condition called hopelessness. So if you didn't know that there was such a condition, would you be feeling hopeless? Think about it. If you were to remove the whole idea that there is no hope, from your mindset, would there be cause for concern of suicides? Other things that contribute, feeling like a burden to others, social isolation. Um, these things can, can lead to alcohol abuse, to drug abuse, to depression. Sometimes people attempt suicide not because they want they really want to die but because they don't know how to get help suicide suicide attempts are are not a cry for attention but a cry for help and it becomes a way to demonstrate to the world just how much they're hurting now it's unfortunate that individuals would see this as the way to reach out to get help. It's sad. Because that only that, that tells me that we're in a society where it has to be something extreme for you to get attention. So those who are attention junkies, I guess using this concept would probably use an attempt at suicide or the threat of an attempt to su at suicide to get some attention. Now, here we go again. 
And this, this, this speaks to the complexity of the human being. We're social beings. We're social creatures. If you're feeling lonely, then that goes against the social aspect of our being. Because it feels like there's no one around. For whatever reason, no one to laugh with, no one to play with, no one to... No one. So, individuals that are on death row, that are in isolation, where, how do you think they feel? If they're kept long enough, then they would be begging to die. Think about that. And here you are, on death row, and on suicide watch. Because the state doesn't want you to take your own life. They want to do it for you. Why would someone on death row want to commit suicide? Mm. Is it because they're going to die anyway? It's not necessarily the case. There are people on death row that don't belong there. They're innocent. And they've been fighting for their innocence the whole time since they've been placed there. But the fact that they are there leads them to even want to die. That loneliness, that ta being taken away from society, that removal of the social aspect. Now, for those that deserve to be on death row, I don't know how it goes. This whole death row argument is a complex one. But there are even situations where people commit suicide accidentally. You might wonder, wait, hold on. If you're trying to commit suicide, there's nothing accidental about it. Well, think about it. Sometimes it's not necessarily that you're trying to commit suicide. But you have some practices that can cause you to kill yourself. There is the choking game, also known as a pass-out challenge. It's called Flatliner. It's called Space Monkey. And this is where teens strangle themselves to achieve a high-like sensation and autoerotic autoerotic fixation asphyxiation um are also examples so that's another example of a situation that can cause accidental suicide because it can cause suffocation other accidental suicides include unintentional overdoses and firearm and poisoning suicides now, the firearm one is, is, is kind of interesting because if you own a firearm, then you should know how to handle one. For those who don't own firearms but decide that they're going to be playing with firearms, you shouldn't be playing with firearms just because you see them on TV. Don't, don't do it. And this is where now you can have accidental suicides. See, can happen easier than you think. 
But there's the other side. There's a murder side. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the other side. What would cause someone to want to take someone's life intentionally? I'm not talking about a case where you're defending yourself and it caused someone to die. No, I'm talking about plotting to take the life of someone and executing that plot. Why would someone want to do that? That part is the part that I'm not yet familiar with. And so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to see if we can make heads or tails of some of that information. Call your friends. Tell your friends. Friends of your friends. Friends of your enemies. Enemies of your friends. And your enemies too. It's real talk on a night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. We'll be right back after these few messages. When being in the moment is priceless, consider the ability to share that moment. If you can video it, you can broadcast it. And Pulse eMedia Group has the tools you need. Weddings, birthdays, funerals, graduations, church services, parties, seminars, you name it. Pulse eMedia Group can provide you with a secure medium controlled by you to broadcast your event. Contact us at www.pulseemediagroup.com for more information. Pulse Emedia Group, when being in the moment is priceless. Yes, my people, check out iRed Funks on Reggae Global Radio every Saturday at 8 p.m. with Kev Still, where I'll give you a pre life. Brand new, good for you. Kick me like a ball if it was your dance hall. You hear that? Teddy Greaves Jr. with six brand new songs out now on his brand new EP, Teddy Greaves Jr. with songs you know and love like Can You Stop the Rain? One Last Cry. Can't Get Over You. Wait Too Long. You and I. You and I. And One Last Cry, the acoustic version. Teddy Greaves Jr., now available on all major digital platforms. Teddy Greaves Jr. Making great music is one thing, sharing it with the world, that's another. Let the professionals at Reggae Global Entertainment help you to another level. Specializing in artist management, booking, public relations and marketing, and promotion. Reggae Global Entertainment can help you with event planning, websites, photography, and video production, press releases, legal services, and graphic design. They can even help you with music production so you can get the sound that you want every time. Call Reggae Global Entertainment at 954-804-8199. That's 804-8199. Or visit them online at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Yes, yes, yes. Akara Mantino, I'm making notes right now. You are locked in to DJ Kevin Stew on the night shift. 
The late Yvonne Sterling, Richie Stevens and Little Lenny working out in combination. Track called Thank You Lord. Welcome back to the broadcast. It's the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stewart for those of you just joining in. It's Real Talk Night. Want to say thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. Reggae Global Entertainment will act as your booking agent, handle your tour management, take your publishing, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and production, and so much. Music production, marketing and promotion, and so much more. Getting tongue-tied there. You can get them a call, 954-804-8199, or check them out at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Thank you, Reggae Global, for handling this segment of the broadcast. Numbers to call, numbers to text, 773-789-7839. That's a number to get you in touch once more. 773-789-7839. WhatsApp, Telegram, call, text. Of course, you're invited to jump into the stew pot on kevinstew.com. Those of you who don't know what the stew pot is, it is the interactive portal on the website. You remember, stew po- Kevin Stew is where your kevinstew.com is where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. And the stew pot, that is what others call a chat room. But because we're fancy on kevinstew.com, we call it the stew pot. Be a part of the season and come spice things up, yeah? The question is, why commit suicide or murder? Why do people do it? And we spent the better part of the first, the better part of the, the, the broadcast up to this point talking about suicides and why people do it. And we use a story of this gentleman out of, out of um, Maryland that killed his girlfriend, killed his ex-wife, and then killed himself. So, before getting to the suicide part, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I don't know why people commit murder and then kill themselves. Why don't they kill themselves first and then <laughs> do whatever after? And the first time I heard someone say that, I'm like, are you crazy? How are they going to do anything after they commit suicide? They're dead. And they said, that's my point exactly. So if you're going to off yourself, just do yourself and leave everybody else alone. That was where they were coming from. So some people, why here, trying to get into the mind of of someone that, that will kill someone. Plan to do it, intentionally do it. Not the accidental, not the self-defense. You have some people, according to psychology today, some people slice throats as easily as people would butter a slice of toast. In 2014, knife-wielding assailants hacked 29 people to death and injured 130 more at a train station in China. Others prefer more expeditious means of murderous mayhem. 
one indiscriminately opened fire on concert attendees at a Las Vegas music festival, leaving 58 innocent people dead and 546 people injured. I remember that. A 16-year-old self-proclaimed angel of death went on a premeditated rampage, shooting his grandfather before invading his school and killing nine classmates. These are just some, some examples of wanton killing. And there are many more examples of mass violence in the United States that happen all the time. Some of them we don't hear about. The spectrum of human cruelty seemingly has elastic bounds based on the escalating frequency of mass violence. According to the FBI, the murder rate was 5.3 individuals per 100,000 inhabitants in 2016, a 7.9% increase when compared with the rate for 2015. Violence frequently Sorry, violence frequency is partially offset by U.S. population growth from 267.7 million in 1996 to 321 million in, in, in 2016. Meaning that the likelihood of becoming a victim of a violent crime has actually decreased, but the death toll has not. Regardless of frequency, officials and concerned citizens ponder the motives for violent crime in what is often a futile attempt at limiting the frequency of tragedy. According to Psychology Today, mental health professionals, politicians and journalists offer a litany of reasons why individuals are motivated to murder. Some of the more commonly reported motives but not the causes, include anarchism, personal revenge, retaliation for abuse or being wronged, moral depravity, the demonic possession, and at times even a lack of conscience. Many killers have relationships with their victims. Some suggest that killers are fixated on the morbid goal of winning the body, content, body count contest, despite no evidence to support this numeric contention. Most explanations of motive are effective at identifying emerging symptoms that predict murderous behavior. But few explanations indicate why the behaviors occur in the first place. Mental illness is a convenient catch-all explanation for violent crime. But declaring mental illness as the cause of behavior is a label of diagnostic convenience. One that is given to people who display behaviors that deviate from those of the dominant culture. Many of us mutter the words, They're crazy. Or they're nuts. And this is the consensus when we hear about an act considered disturbing or absurd. However, the experts fail to accurately diagnose the cause of violence. 
Typically, only the behavior of the culprit is examined, with failure to acknowledge that the same behavior can represent multiple motives. Secondly, the symptoms are often erroneously used to establish false causal conclusions, like having a cold. It is important to remove the symptoms to feel better, but ultimately the treatment of any disease requires addressing the root cause of the illness. Conclusions such as the killer was frustrated, angry, resentful, or vengeful do not address the source of the emotion or why emotional dissatisfaction um, why emotional satisfaction is achieved through acts of violence. And this here speaks to what I was asking or, or mentioning earlier. How is it that we can go ahead and say, boy, you know, this individual that went on this killing spree, this individual that committed murder-suicide, something was wrong with them. Maybe we just didn't see it, but we should have known when they did this. Or, you know, this is a clear sign, but we just didn't pay attention to it. But it already happened, so now you're using hindsight. But we don't address the cause. We don't address the, the root of the problem. We only look at what has happened in the end. And, you know, <laughs> sad to say, we treat it the way we treat medical conditions. Okay, here's something to take away the symptoms. What are we doing about the cause? Aren't we addressing that? So, psychology today said there are five common roots when it comes to why someone would commit the act of murder. Investigating violent behavior from the perspective of motivation science reveals five common themes. Each presents a possible partial explanation for why someone would indulge in violence. And although no clinical assessments are being made, motivational science establishes that just like any of us here, anyone listening to this, psychopaths have basic psychological needs to satisfy. When need satisfaction is continually denied during day-to-day -day work or school interactions and personal relationships, individuals are prone to turn to other less socially acceptable strategies to remove or redirect their frustration. These strategies are described as self-handicapping behavior by psychologists and can take many shapes and forms, including self-harm, substance abuse, and, well, you guessed it, murder. One of the most 
basic human needs is believing we have the talent and ability to reach desired outcomes. When goal attainment is blocked, some people suffer a sense of self-defeat, feeling incompetent because desired outcomes appear unattainable. Under ideal circumstances, we try again or use different approaches to reach our goals. However, if we believe we lack control over our lives or doubt our ability to reach goals, we become frustrated. In turn, frustration, a highly motivating emotion, must be eliminated or we continue to feel badly about our perceived inadequacy. A simple solution is to change goals or pursue an easier target. Murder, while abhorrent, is not physically difficult to commit given these sophistication of the, the sophistication of weaponry. One trigger click and the unfulfilled killer has met a sordid goal. Just like that. So, frustration is a motivating emotion. Not just a motivating emotion, but a highly motivating emotion. So think about this. Here's a concept. Crazy as it may seem. You're frustrated that whatever it is that you're doing is not working out. You're just not meeting that goal that you have been trying to attain. Why not take that energy and channel it somewhere else? Let's find another goal. Because maybe that one, that particular one was not for you. That particular thing that you're trying to attain, that, that individual that you want to have, that relationship that is not working out, that job that you're trying to get that you just can't get into, that raise that you want, that promotion that you want, that whatever that you want. What it boils down to is a want. It's not a need. So if we focus on our needs and we take that frustration, the energy from that frustration, and we channel it into our needs and we're meeting our basic needs, then what happens to that want? Crazy, right? That's a concept that we don't really explore. That's not something we talk to our children about, do we, parents? As a child, when I was getting frustrated because I couldn't do something, my mother would say, try and try and try again. And I guess at the time, she thought that was the thing to say. Because that was probably what she was told. And it probably worked. Sometimes it probably did. But... The individual that is encouraging someone to keep trying has to have that insight to know that maybe, just maybe, that thing that they're encouraging someone to try to fail at yet again is not the thing for them. So, or the method that they're using, that is not the method that they should use. Because there is the concept of there's more than one way to skin a cat. So there are multiple ways to get to your destination. And the, the, the route that you have chosen is not the route for you. You need to go another way. 
So here, that frustration and the energy in that frustration is now being channeled in a totally different way. All of a sudden, you have found new hope. Here it is again. That word, hope. Because that hopelessness, that frustration, because you're keep, you, you have been a failing, you keep failing, or that you, you perceive that individual that is standing in your way that needs to be removed, if not by, by them doing it themselves, they, that they, then they need to be forced out. So if they don't do it voluntarily, they need to be forced out. And sometimes it means that they must be eliminated altogether because they have done something wrong to you or perceived that they did something wrong to you. It's only wrong to you because that is not what you wanted them to do. So that individual that did what they were supposed to do, which makes you feel that you were wronged, now you are frustrated because it prevents you from attaining that goal that you were, achieved, that you were set out to achieve. And that emotion that highly motivating emotion of frustration has now led you to kill see how easily someone could be driven to murder emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize and evaluate emotions in the self and others and use the knowledge to solve problems and navigate the minefield we call life. Now, not bothering someone who is obviously angry is a common example of someone who is percep perceptive and has elevated emotional intelligence. EI. Now, all those skepticism surrounds what emotional intelligence represents. And whether it can be measured more effectively in other ways, there are three aspects of emotional intelligence are not disputed by motivation research. One, individuals who demonstrate emotional intelligence have effective strategies to deal with different emotions. Individuals, two, with Elevated emotional intelligence are more personally and professionally successful, successful than individuals that are lacking emotional intelligence. And emotional regulation strategies can be taught. Individuals who commit aggression lack strategies to deal with emotional regulation. We also know that emotions continue with uh, vengeance until the source of the frustration is identified and a response is taken to reduce the emotional distress. You probably know um, what, is meant, what, what is meant by that if you've ever punched a wall when you were angry. In the mind of the killer, murder may be the emotion reduction strategy of choice. Because that's what they do. Then there's gratification. So that was emotional intelligence. Before that was goal attainment. 
Now, this one is gratification. And I have two more after this. When we invest effort in something, we usually do it for a payoff, right? As an example, you might be listening to this particular broadcast to gain knowledge or to relax and temporarily avoid doing some work. You might want to own a fancy car in order to be admired by friends, regardless of what your motive is. You expect something tangible in return for the investment of your attention or your money. The best payoffs take time and effort, including things that like, like advanced education, wealth, or solid relationships. They all take time. Unless you buy the lotto and you're lucky and you win and you immediately become wealthy. We are sometimes unwilling, however, to invest the necessary time or the effort to get the best payoff. Because we want to see the results of our actions immediately. One of the things of living in an instant society is that you, you, you associate everything with an instant result. So you expect to instantly become successful. The infamous marshmallow test offered kids one treat immediately after completing a task or two marshmallows after waiting 15 minutes. The experiment was a launching pad for years of research establishing that those who demonstrate self-control and tolerate waiting accomplish more in life. They get better jobs and are healthier and wealthier than individuals who lack self-control. However, some of us never properly learned that deferral of satisfaction usually results in more beneficial outcomes. When murder is committed... There is little delay in gratification. There may be an intricate plan, but once the, commit, the, the killer commits to action, the results are almost instantaneous and satisfying for those who hate to wait. So there you have that gratification. Then there's a recognition of competence. We strive for competence because it defines who we are. And, it, and in turn, it serves as a foundation for our accomplishment and recognition. In absence of appreciation from others, negative self-reflection may develop, creating feelings of inadequacy because the need for competence is denied. Competence doesn't necessarily mean gaining recognition for, for socially desirable behaviors like being a good parent or a reliable employee. Ironically, recognition from the media, law enforcement, and others is obtained by killers through the commission of most devious and heinous acts. If you've heard of, of, of or followed up what some serial killers have said or how they have acted, they look for that information being presented in the media where they get talked about. 
Now, regardless, when we feel competent, we are energized by the assessments of our values and abilities. Accounts of many psychopaths, murderers, and serial killers rarely show a pattern of traditional competence and the associated recognition for their achievements. Killers are often described as loners with a lengthy pattern of disrespect and little recognition from others. Until, of course, they've committed unthinkable crimes. Then, almost instantaneously, the previously anguished killer is globally recognized. Their depraved competence need that depraved competence need is fulfilled. How? Through the death of others. Now the last in the five roots is social reci reciprocity. The whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing. Kill or be killed. Don't get mad, get even. We've all heard them. We're familiar with them. And most often than not, we hear them from those who feel they've been wronged. The payback motive can be a powerful catalyst of behavior that continues unabated until the, mani the, the maligned individual believes they have corrected any perceived inequity. Psychologists prefer the, to, they, they refer to the process of getting even as a principle of reciprocity, whereby individuals feel obligated to respond in kind when they believe others have treated them in a certain way. Pause. So the individual that gets a death penalty and is put to death because they killed someone, is this the same reciprocity that we're talking about? Just a thought. So, usually, this means doing a favor for someone that has helped you or giving a gift to someone who has given you a gift. But, in the mind of the criminal, it means taking your satisfaction, taking your frustration, sorry, out on others. Satisfying the reciprocity motive of often results in abuse, cruelty, violent behavior, and possibly murder. In the mind of the depraved, when an action goes unreciprocated, Unreciprocated, that's the word. I just went blank for a moment. Um, tempestuous reactions and vile behavior must follow because most individuals believe in the restoration of social and materialistic inequity. That's interesting. Satisfying the reciprocity motive often results in abuse, cruelty, violent behavior, and possibly murder. Because in the mind of the depraved, 
when an action goes unreciprocated, tempestuous reactions and vile behavior must follow. Huh. This is in the mind of someone who is prone to commit the act of murder. So, here's an interesting question. What's the difference between the law-abiding citizen and the killer? Well, according to psychology today, first, you recognize that there are more socially acceptable ways of reaching your goals than taking your frustrations out on others. Unlike the I want it and I want it now psychopath, you know that achievement and recognition are a function of effort exerted over time. You also realize the maxim of attracting more bees with honey than with vinegar and how to channel emotions productively to maintain positive relationships with others. You are different than the killer in part because in part, not totally, but in part, because you likely had a positive role, role model. One or more mentors, such as parents, friends, co-workers, or healthcare professionals who modeled or taught you how to deal with frustration. Here it is, being given the tools and taught how to use them. This is a luxury that many murderers lack. In absence of credible friends or relatives to teach us socially acceptable ways of dealing with frustration and failure, some people resort to devious strategies to eliminate their psychological pain. Successful individuals also believe they can control their destiny and determine their success. When you make a mistake or miss a target, you try harder or choose a different approach to reach your goal. However, some who don't know the strategy of, or perceive that they are likely to fail, they may think, why bother? So the next time you hear about someone committing an act of violence to satisfy their needs, consider why... Well, no. Consider that they may never have had the opportunity to learn some of the most valuable lessons in life. The ones that have learned some of those valuable lessons, then you want to think of what it is that is causing them to act against the grain of those valuable lessons. Because there is cause, there is effect. And it doesn't really matter what you may be thinking about. There is always cause and effect. So, what is it that caused this man to kill his girlfriend and his ex-wife and then kill himself? What are the contributing factors? What is it that would lead someone to just randomly 
be killing people. They don't even know them. What would cause someone to do that? What would cause an individual to say, boy, you know, this is it. I am going to take my life. What are the causes? Not what are the results. Not what is the effect. What are the causes? Where does the root lie? What is the root? Is there a way to recognize these things before it has gotten to the point where there's a tragedy? And here's something that is mind-blowing. Um, the vast majority... <clears throat> excuse me. The vast majority of attempted suicides are non-fatal. That's really interesting. And there's such a thing called suicide contagion. And it is where there's an increase in suicide attempts and completed suicides following exposure to a suicide in the media or one's personal circle. So someone famous commits suicide and it's broadcast in the media. Apparently, there has been an increase in suicides after something like that happens. However, it's not proven that there's a cause. Because now you have to be wondering, okay, so that individual that committed suicide, these were their reasons. The individuals that, that saw that or learned of that by way of the media that decides, oh, okay, well, I may, may as well I go too. What's their reason? Is it because they saw the information on the news? Then that would mean that you need to stop broadcasting that kind of information on the news. But the media houses are not going to do that because this is the kind of thing that drives attention. See how twisted our minds are? How do we change that? Can we change that? Makes you wonder, right? This takes me back to the point I made at the beginning of this broadcast, where if each of us individually starts to make a change and looking at things differently, and we can affect one person in a circle, that one person can affect someone else, because no, the circle has expanded. There may be someone that they can reach that you don't have a direct line to, but they do. Now, because of the the change or the choices that you have made positively that affected that one person it has now affected two because that one person is passing on that effect to someone else and so it goes on and you become a ripple in a pond that continues building up in their energy so much so that you become a wave at the opposite end of that pond. Can it be done? Yeah. 
and it happens all the time. Can you do it? Yeah. And the more you do it, the better you'll get. So don't let that negative thing get you down to the point where you're going to say, you know what? This is it. I have to call it quits. Or I have to eliminate this individual because they're preventing me from achieving. It's just using that frustration a little bit differently. Seeing that silver lining and ignoring that dark cloud. Not to say it doesn't exist. But the focal point now becomes the silver lining. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Because it starts with a thought. And then you start putting that thought into action and you know you can, you know you can, you know you can. And it didn't work out this time, but let me tweak my approach. Let me do it differently. Now you stand a better opportunity because now you know two things. The way that you did it before and the way you're doing it now. And now, even if you don't do it at this time, you can advise someone else on two methods to try to get to the same thing that you are getting to if you see them on a similar path. So now you've not achieved what you have set out to do, but you have become an inspiration to someone else. See how that works? Just from recognizing that, even in yourself, it is not as bad as it may seem. It's just not good right now. I want to thank McNeil Trucking for sponsoring this segment of the broadcast. This is our musical therapy segment. With McNeil Trucking, you're in good hands. They're licensed and insured movers. And uh, they, you give them a call, 954-406-9740. And see how they can help you to get from point A to point B. Tell them you heard about them on the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. Thank you, McNeil Trucking, for sponsoring Musical Therapy. I want to say thank you to each and everyone for tuning in tonight as I bounce on out of here. I remind you, I'll be on on Saturday, all being well, on the Saturday stew on Reggae Global Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern. But as I go, I want to remind you to look out for members of your community. And your community is not just the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. So those that you pass on the bus, the plane, the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride, or drive, these are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Steele. This is how I like to do it to you, for you, and with you. Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here. KevinStew.com and affiliates. As we part company, y'all take care of yourselves, be good, but if you can't be good, hey, don't be ashamed, just be good at it.
And for this Christmas, let's see if I can get you in my arms. Or if you'll just take me in yours. So you and yours have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world. Good night from right here in South Florida. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>